0: Here come the drums. Welcome to the Mark Peterson Show. This is the podcast that gives you news, views, and parapolitics from a blackish point of view. Welcome to episode 42, entitled, Why I Refused... To sign the Cop City referendum petition. Let me repeat that. Why I refused to sign the Cop City referendum petition. Now, for those of you who aren't in Georgia, let me give you a little bit of background on what's called Cop City. Cop City was approved in September of 2021, but it approved and needed an additional vote to get more funding to build a training center or Cop City for the region's police. Yeah, for the Atlanta PD, but for all a bunch of other police that want to use this as a training facility. Now opponents say this Cop City facility will fuel police brutality and destroy vital forests, the Relani Forest which I'll give you more details on here shortly. Officials say that the 85-acre campus will provide much-needed training facilities and prepare police officers for the demands of their job, which are changing dramatically as crime and the types of instruments used in those crimes change. Now, the center, the center is going to be used for Specialized training for both law enforcement and fire department workers. Cop City will also be the home of a planned replica of an Atlanta city block. Stocked with everything that you can imagine. If any of you have watched the Indiana Jones movie, not the most recent one, The Crystal Skull. Where they had a mock city set up so that they could drop the atomic bomb on it. That's exactly what they're going to do at the 85 acre facilities, recreate a city block where the police can practice raids. Now, let me give you a little bit more of a background on this forest, because a big push of wild opponents don't want it built because they want to protect sacred forests. So for a millennia, the, Mo- the Wolani Forest was inhabited by the Muscogee, Mus- I'm sorry, Creek people, native peoples. But in 1830, white sell- settlers violently ousted them from the land, later renaming it South River Forest. It wasn't much longer after that that Atlanta built a prison and operated it from 1920 to 1990. Now this prison was a hard labor prison. The prisoners were forced to do work, including farming. And that farm accounted for over 800 tons of food annually for the city and of course the prison, as you probably would imagine, was predominantly black. Why would it be black? (laughs) Well, for those of you who don't know, the origin of the police was built around trying to get newly freed slaves back into legalized slavery. So, laundering laws were put in place to make sure the prisons were packed with African Americans who would then be charged for their crimes, and when they couldn't pay, They became free labor. And when they couldn't work off their debt, their debt was passed along to their children, both male and female. So that's the origin. That's another show we're going to dig into later, but I wanted you to have that as a backdrop because a lot of the people protesting don't know that history. Now, the new training center site as I mentioned, it was a former prison, former prison farm that is off of Key Road in southwestern DeKalb County. The city and the Atlanta Police Foundation have been working together to build this. And it was spearheaded by former Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms and got it introduced in April 2021. A lot of this got kicked off shortly after George Floyd's murder, when everyone was looking for ways to reform the police and this center was proposed as a way to provide better training to prevent future George Floyd incidents. The construction of this facility was, expect- was expected to begin last summer And they were targeting a soft launch in 2024. Now, there are plenty of groups that are opposing, it, and I don't want to shortchange any of them, but I'm just going to highlight a couple of them because I was approached by a young man after leaving a pet store asking me to sign the petition to put the referendum on the ballot. So... Atlanta citizens could vote whether or not they want to proceed forward with Cop City. One of the groups behind the protest is called Stop Cop City, and they've demonstrated against the facility almost from the very beginning, saying that it's going to further militarize the police and would threaten the lives of marginalized people, including the people who are located and live near the training facility, which is now mostly an African-American community. Most folks didn't hear about Cop City until the protests escalated and a protester, Manuel Esteban P.S. taran was shot and killed by the police. The police, the trooper, claims he responded to a shot that he believed came from Tehran, and returned fire and delivered a fatal blow. Other groups opposing Cop City are are focused on the forest itself and not wanting the sacred forest of the Muscogee Creek people to be further desecrated. Now Atlanta, as many of you may or may not know, we have the highest percent of tree canopy in, of any major city in the U.S. I live in Buckhead, and it is almost impossible to cut a tree down without a good reason, which is why we have so many down trees during storms. So we have a significant tree canopy greater than any other major city. And this group is pushing to protect this forest that is in DeKalb County, where the facility is located, um, and to protect that sacred forest. Now, Atlanta is also home to wetlands and other places where you get migratory birds that come in and out of the region. And so this group has really dug in and made environmentalism the second pong and the reason why they wanna stop Cop City. Okay, now let's break down this debate a little bit more for those of you who are tuning in. To get on the referendum, this group has to get about 70,000 signatures. Got about 30,000 now and they have an upcoming deadline on August 19th to get the remaining uh, signatures to get the referendum on the ballot. 75% of those signatures have been collected by volunteers, including people from groups like the New Georgia Project and CASA. Now, CASA is an organization that supports immigrant families living in the United States and they are using their organization to target non-English language communities to get them to sign the petition. The remaining 7,000 signatures have been collected by paid workers who get anywhere from 22 to $25, i have heard as much as $30 an hour to go out and collect signatures on the petition to get this ballot referendum over the top. And that's who approached me young African-American male, paid worker, and he wanted me to sign the petition. And I'm going to just tell you how the debate went down. As I told him, I refused to sign it. Now, his first argument was one around the environment. He said, Cop City will destroy the environment and the force in DeKalb. I said, okay, wow. I'm a strong supporter of the environment. i do what I can to protect the environment. I do what I can to protect the people who may be impacted by polluters. And I'm sure every one of those protesters feels the same way. And he responded, yes. I said, are any of these groups that are protesting the forest? Are they protesting the water quality in Flint? Were they the first ones on the ground trying to make sure that the predominantly black and marginalized people of Flint got clean water? Didn't they know the lead would have a lifetime effect on the people of Flint, their children and their children's children? no response but then i i, I, I brought the argument even sh- sh- closer to home and said why aren't the protesters fighting for water quality in south the Cab's black communities including the community right near where cop cities planned to be constructed See, I follow these issues and you've heard these issues on this podcast because water quality is an issue that's getting worse as billionaires line up to take control of all of the water supply and water cleaning technology in anticipation of making water the new oil. Yeah, that's substance we can't live without, and that we'll have to pay through the nose for. Now, South DeKalb County, majority black residents have been fighting water pollution since 1961. When they opened the Snapfinger Wastewater Treatment Facility, the facility almost immediately failed its federal clean water uh, permit requirements incurring violations that have persisted to the mid-1990s. They are still fighting to improve that water quality. Neither of the federal legal actions included a deadline to repair the sewer system in non-priority areas where approximately 69% of the county sewer lines and more than 1,750 miles of sewer pipes and most of the sewage that, are, that is flowing out of that less than effective system spills into streams and the rivers, which means it ends right back up in your drinking water. Now, I'm not telling this group not to fight for the forest, I'm just saying, where were you? It makes me think that this is just a side issue. Or you're selectively picking environmental issues to further your cause while also marginalizing the people you say you want to help. Don't kill the messenger. I'm just saying. Okay. Next issue. Young man says Cop City is going to militarize the police and that's going to hurt marginalized communities. And I, I, I listened to the argument, thought through the argument. I've worked with law enforcement with several of my startups And I've gotten a chance to tour several facilities in Atlanta, training facilities, to see exactly what the police are trying to do and trying to accomplish with facilities like Cop City. And in this facility, they're going to have an auditorium, they're going to have a mock city to burn buildings and to train the police on urban tactics. They're going to have an emergency vehicle operator course for emergency vehicle training. A canine kennel. So these are all things that are right on the website. It doesn't suggest that they're going to be coming in and training people on how to blow up buildings. Which did happen, of course, in Philly to the Black Panthers. So his argument fell on deaf ears when we talked about militarizing the police because there was no balanced argument to say why they're trying to do it. You literally believe the police are trying to get bigger, badder weapons just so they can go into marginalized communities and shoot them at innocent citizens. Doesn't that sound ridiculous on its surface? Now, here's the one argument that he could have made and may have gotten some traction with me. Gingrification. Building of that facility is going to attract officers who want to be near the facility, who are going to work in the facility. And so they're going to buy into what is now a predominantly black community and raise home prices and raise taxes on the individuals who've been there for decades. Now that's a strong argument with me. It's not a winning argument, but it is a strong argument because city leaders in CAP can get ahead of that and use legislation as they do in California and other places to protect people who have been in those communities for decades and giving them property tax relief, and other advantages so that they can stay in their homes. Now, what I'd like to see personally is an economic development officer who works with those communities and starts to train individuals on how to take advantage of that situation because your home is your most valuable form of equity. I preach that wherever I get a chance to, in every black community that invites me in. Pick up your paper, paint your house, cut your grass, make your house valuable. And then use the equity to send your kids to college, to pay off credit card debt, to do all the things that other people do to build wealth in a capitalist society. Don't wait for people to show up and pay you pennies on a dollar for a shack. When you can improve that home, make the property valuable and then extract the equity and use it throughout your life. These aren't hard lessons, but these are lessons that need to be taught. And it's not difficult if you truly care about the marginalized communities. The other argument he could have made that may have gotten some traction with me is the trade-off, parks versus prisons. Some of the opponents of Cop City have said, hey, why spend on prisons when you can put it in the parks? when you can invest in the elderly, when you can invest in better schools. Strong argument. Not a winning argument because it assumes scarcity. Really does. And there is no scarcity. We can find the money for whatever we want. You can fund both. And that should be the argument, fund both. And you can demand that with your vote. But we never do. We fall for the trap as marginalized people that we got to choose one or the other. We fall for the trap that only one of us is going to get hired. We fall for these scarcity shell game tricks because they divide us and keep us from focusing on the real opportunities. If you can pay for Mercedes-Benz Stadium You can fund both Cop City and Parks, Support the Elderly, and build new schools. You get what I'm saying? So those were two arguments that didn't come up that I would have loved to have heard from the protesters, from this young man who was trying to get me to sign the referendum. But he didn't bring them up. And they wouldn't have completely convinced me because of the points that I made here. So what's the conclusion? One, black communities have always been the target of dumping and pollution. I grew up in a Southern community and my babysitter's living room window overlooked a dump site that was run by George Wallace's son, bringing medical waste from New Jersey to Alabama. We've always been the target, but we've rarely gotten the support of groups like the ones that are fighting against Cop City. That's why you have seen the types of ailments in black communities that you haven't seen in the same rates until the mid 90s. And that's a whole nother show I'm going to do on the rollout of Roundup and the impact on the country's mental health. So put a pin in that. That's going to be a fun show, too. So I can't let back to my point. The fight for the forest is a good one. Force a compromise which I think has been offered. But it's not a reason not to build a training facility. Two, the reason this facility is being built and you don't have to go any further than your news to understand that Crimes are being coordinated and the tactics are being executed against soft targets that we have never seen before. There have been multiple attacks against the power grid. Do you think that that's just random? Do you think people who are going out there shooting up an electrical park are doing that because they were high? No, it's coordinated attacks that are pointing towards something where you can get a major advantage from a criminal perspective because you've taken down all the power in a region. There have been coordinated cyber attacks against banks, limiting the effectiveness of ATM machines. Again, people that are doing it are not high. They know what they're doing and they're not revealing their ultimate strategies. We've talked about that here on this podcast. The water supply, coordinated attacks against that facilities or those facilities. Not training your police in every aspect, physical, and digital defense against those types of attacks. is just insane not to try to do that. Third, increased gang presence that is coordinated. Internationally. I don't have to go very far to find... Evidence of that emerging all the way in small communities like my hometown of Selma. Where a young man died of a fentanyl overdose at the lunchroom table. How does that get there? How does the cocktail they found in his system get there? I'll tell you how. ghost gangsters. The gangster disciples. The Zoo Crew Gang. These are all among recently arrested groups in an Operation Blood Caught and Operation Crack the Ice that was spearheaded by GBI. Ghostface gangster gangster Chad Ashley Allen, who is serving a life sentence for murder, was operating a drug trafficking enterprise with Mexican cartels and members of several gangs from inside the prison coordinated both those in the prison and those international gangs here's what one GBI official said the organization spans from Mexico all the way through to Georgia distributing methamphetamine fentanyl heroin In coordination with criminal street gang members and associates in and outside of prison. This organized crime operating at the highest level we've ever seen. And you're saying don't train the police to fight that. Now you know. With that level of coordination is coming a level of militarized support for moving that kind of drug. I know in my hometown, there are parts of my small community, 18,000 people, where the police are afraid to go because the people moving the drugs have more firepower than they do. We're not talking about home invasions. We're not talking about simple street crime. We're talking about sophisticated criminals that are gearing up and have their own private army. I'm not making it up, guys. The sources will be in the show notes. You look it up. Number four. And the biggest reason... As I told the young man, training works. Training officers works. Now I want you to go look at an article from Russell Contreras entitled Some Majority Black Cities Saw Violent Crime Decline in 2020. It's in Axios.com. The article starts out, despite the national jump, nearly half of America's medium to smaller sized communities with majority black populations actually saw drops in overall violent crime. The trend paints a more nuanced picture about how COVID-19 and radical justice protests actually impacted crime and policing from Newark, New Jersey, to Baltimore, to Gary, Indiana. Now, let's break down the details. Axios reviewed recent FBI crime data from 2020 census where available, state police statistics from 23 majority black communities with populations more than 25,000, and the data shows that in 10 of those cities, overall violent crime declined compared to the previous year. Did everybody catch that? Previous year, these communities used a variety of techniques from, listen closely to this sentence, from revamped training to changes in prosecutions to social spending experiments. Let me reread it again, because those of you who say, let's not get these training, let's You know, they're going to be militarized. This is actual data collected from police departments and communities where the majority of the people were black. These communities use a variety of techniques from revamped training to changes in prosecutions to social spending experiments. The police in Newark increased officer training in 2020 and used the Newark community street team, a group made up of former offenders to defuse unrest during racial uh, justice protests. The police did not fire a single shot in 2020 after making these changes. Guys, I'm reading from the article. This is not me sharing opinion. Marilyn Mosby, The state's attorney for Baltimore stopped prosecuting drug possession, prostitution, trespassing, and other minor charges during the pandemic, resulting in big crime drops in the city. She made those steps permanent. The city of Gary started moving residents out of high-rise public housing complexes into affordable housing options and saw a significant drop in crime. So the big picture here is training works. Looking at and examining a different approach to policing works. And that's what this facility is aiming to do. Are there bad cops? Yes just like they're bad teachers flip through the newspapers. You will see men and women pedophiles that are teachers. My last startup, we used to catch them with my product and turn them over to the police. They are bad people. And in the case of my last startup, we caught bad teachers. By improving the background check product. And we were able to catch them because they couldn't run from their criminal history. Before, they could run from it, move to another state. If we're going to catch bad cops, we got to do a better job screening on the front end. And we have to do like the federal government does for rich people. If you are a bad actor in the financial services community, your name is included in a database so that you don't work in the financial services community until they say you can. That should be applied here. There should be a national registry for offenders that every law enforcement official should be required to use before they approve someone into law enforcement. Instead of fighting against Cop City, fight for real answers. Like that one. That's the big picture. And that, my friends is why I refuse to sign the petition forcing a referendum on Cop City. Starting to hear those drums. And I'm sure some of you are saying, Mark, you brown nose Uncle Tom. And I'll accept that if that's what you want to call me. I just chase the facts, guys. I don't chase an ideology, left or right. I dig into what I think is right based on evidence. And the evidence here says training works. Now, I don't care if you end up forcing them to build it somewhere else, fine. I just want it built. Because it's the right thing to do. All right, guys, these drums, they get me. Time for me to get out of there. Till next time, my friends. Peace.
1: Hey, you podcast listener. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. Take the blue pill. You wake up in your bed and go back to listening to mundane podcasts that won't challenge your religious beliefs and your so-called truths about reality, the universe, and consciousness. Take the red pill. Subscribe to the Event Horizon podcast hosted by Mark Anthony Peterson and he will show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Event Horizon takes a walk into the paranormal with a splash of conspiracy. It's the podcast that would be born if David Icke and the X-Files had a baby. Subscribe to the Event Horizon podcast by Mark Anthony Peterson on Spreaker, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Stitcher, or any of your other favorite podcast platforms. Remember, all we are offering is the truth, nothing more.